What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Clutch Crew Sports. I'm your lead host, Zach, possibly the next Jordan Peele. And on this episode, we're here to talk about sports and the coronavirus, how far can the Bucks go, and Josh Norman. Now let me introduce you to the rest of the crew. What's going on, guys? I'm Connor. You know me as the co-host with the most. And you can lock that some of these NFL teams like to waste their money. <laughs> What's up, guys? This is Eric, your ranting podcaster here, but today I'm going to play the role of mediator. All right. All right, guys. So I, my intro, I, I said I threw a curveball, if you can tell, comparing myself to the next Jordan Peele. Um, and, and that's because uh, I've had a dream last night where I had a horror-like dream. I'm not going to explain the details just yet of what all happened in it but it was pretty crazy and it led me to to think about this could be a movie because i've never seen or heard of any movies that have this plot line to it and this idea and so i i talked to a couple close friends about it i I told the the same story i told eric and connor about and they're like oh yeah that sounds really good like i don't even like horror movies but this scene this sounds pretty cool and even some of the some of the more critical friends I have were were supportive of it, so I'm feeling good about it. I'm feeling good about it, guys. I'll let you know more if something serious down the line happens with it. Gotta get it. Any creative idea that you have like this, though, PSA, get it registered with the. I'll sh- I'll show you to the website here. The Writers Guild of America. I guess there's an East and West if you're in the West or East U.S. But just just get it registered here. It's to register a script, it's only $17 for a student, $25 if you're not a member. It's not that much money when you're thinking of these ideas and how much money they can produce in the future. And it's kind of like your safety net to protecting it, saying that you you were the first one to come up with this. So PSA for anything like that, Writers Guild of America, check them out. But once I once I register on there, I'll I'll let you guys know more about it. See if maybe I'll put up a Twitter poll too and see see if it gets a lot of support. But uh, Eric <laughs> and, uh, and Connor, I, I was just gonna say I'm yeah. I'm obviously not gonna say what you told us, but I will say that I am honored because I died. So that just is the way it should go. So. <laughs> say, you know, all of us are all of us are dying here. So you know, <laughs> dying on screen it gets you exposure. <laughs> yeah, man, I. I'll, I'll take it. Should we, should we wear our Clutch Crew sports shirts? <laughs> oh, oh, man. Okay. So I, I won't say anything else. I won't say yes. anything Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. So so how are you guys doing tonight? Uh, Eric, glad to have you back here. Uh, you were in the last one. So now, how's it feel to be in two episodes in a row now? <laughs> <laughs> it's good, man. It's good. I'm uh, glad to be back. We've been, like, pretty hella busy at work and, yeah but i just worked a lunch shift today which is pretty easy so and then i so i've been i've enjoyed that that i've had most of the day off today so <laughs> i'm nice. now getting to chill and do this so yeah let's go so connor how's uh i know your spring break just started but how's uh how's it going a couple days in your spring break it's going pretty good getting to uh you know spend some time with my girlfriend finally because i never get to nice. see her so nice. that's always good um yeah, and I'm hopefully going to start, I've been in pretty well like the last like four or five episodes in a row, so it's getting kind of fun, but uh, 
I'm hoping to, well, I've got time over spring break, start working on the uh, March to fame. Cause obviously I'm behind on that. Oh so yeah. Now that I'm uh, not spending 12 hours of my day at school or at work, I actually have time to send messages on Twitter and whatnot. And, no you know, and, yeah. Hey, well, you know, and it really doesn't help when the people at my work anyway, don't care <laughs> because oh, I, we were talking about this before, how seems like Eric gets like every new server at his job to subscribe to Clutch Crew Sports, whereas everybody at my job, when I'm like, oh, like I got this podcast, they're like, cool, and then don't do anything. So, you know, they're just like, whatever, whole, screw you, Whole Connor. story, bro. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, I, yeah, I said in the group chat, I was like, uh, Eric, where you work at, I was like, basically subscribing to Clutch Crew Sports is like a... Uh, it's like a thing you got to do in the interview, like, <laughs> like that's basically what it seems like. At the the manager is like sitting down talking to people. I'm like, wait, wait a minute, uh, sir, let me get involved here. If you want to work here, you have to subscribe to my channel. <laughs> <laughs> you won't do it. OK, you're not getting hired. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, OK, bye. <laughs> Just go ahead and leave. <laughs> yeah, what the piece of power, guys. You love it. <laughs> yeah, so. So we'll uh we're gonna get into topics now and I'll start. Like I said, I'm gonna talk about sports in the corona. Eric he he hinted at being a mediator today, so he's gonna kinda play that role when we talk about the Bucks because Connor and I definitely do not agree when it comes to the Bucks and Josh Norman, Connor's gonna share some Josh Norman news, what he thinks about that contract. And we'll we'll get the ball rolling, guys. So Obviously, the last couple of weeks, the coronavirus has really, really ramped up. And it's it, for a couple of months now, it's been a big deal internationally. But for America, this is just the beginning of it because I want to say there's some like 500 cases now in America. So the numbers are, are rising, the death rates rising, and everybody's getting all panicked. But there, this has obviously a huge impact because of how easily it can be spread and something called social distancing usually takes place when when events like this occur where everybody wants to stay away from everybody because they don't want to get sick and die or whatever so i mean yeah that's that's not a bad reason at all but um (laughs) (laughs) but so the, the sports world is no exception to this i mean it seems like Early on in the stages of the coronavirus in America, it was uh, it was do universities have plans, do schools have plans, those sort of things. Like, what are we going to do about those? And then it's it's turned over to sports now, and it's it's really ramping up. And I've got a couple news headlines here on the screen. I'll read I'll read some of them. NHL considering closing locker rooms to media amid coronavirus outbreak. I believe in the time that I made this that they've already decided to do that. So this just shows you how quickly this stuff moves. I made this slide like seven hours ago. and I, The recent news I saw is that it's a done deal now. They're closed. Um, there's a Japanese baseball league, so not in America, but obviously Japan is a heavily hit country by this virus. They're straight up postponing their season from this virus. Because obviously, when you gather all these people in an event, it's it's a breeding ground for for this virus to spread. And here in America, Division Three basketball tournament a couple days ago, they had to put up these no spectator signs because they weren't allowing fans to to come to the games. And 
now every other league is basically on notice with this and they're having to come up with these plans of okay what's the best case scenario we do this what precautions are we going to take if we do decide to roll with the fans in the games uh what's the worst case scenarios what uh what is this going to be imp- how is this going to impact us financially and how are our fans going to react and everything so this is a really tricky tricky stuff but I'm going to go to an L.A. Times article. It's kind of, you know, this this is a very serious uh, event going on in the sports world. And I think a lot of people are kind of underestimating how, just how widespread and, and stuff that this is going to happen. Because this isn't just the NBA and NHL on notice, because I'll read to you guys here some of the different leagues. So the NBA, basically, they're the... NBA office is saying is telling teams to get plans in place to start preparing for this, preparing for games without fans, and they haven't decided to do that just yet, but they're they're coming up with contingency plans like they say here. So, and then this is just silly, I think in 2020 we got to say this, but engage in safe hygiene practices, that's code for wash your hands people. Um, <laughs> and then also stay home if you feel sick. Like that's common sense, but for some reason we got to be telling people this now. But so baseball, they're in spring training right now, but their commissioner is gonna have a conference call with the owners apparently, and they're gonna. It says the league plans to open the season in two and a half weeks. It's planned, but they've got a task force, whatever that is, to deal with the issues. Um, and then they say don't shake hands and not to use pens and markers from fans. I mean, it, they're thinking of every little thing you can think of. The NFL is saying that the draft's still on, but they're monitoring it. NHL is basically in the same position as the NBA because their seasons align. The NCAA wants to continue as normal, but they're worried about having to, um, having to have spectator-free games, and also they're considering shrinking the locations <clears throat> so they're going to condense where the games are going to be played to smaller amount of sites than what they currently are. That's a scenario that they're that they're possibly going to go through. But then those are the big ones. But then you go to the MLS. They've got a task force. The XFL is a task force. NASCAR has got um, communication. says there have been communication. IndyCar, PGA, LPGA, horse racing, of course, the Olympic Committee, Premier League. The German Football League, League One, Liga One. The Bundesliga. <laughs> Serie A, whatever that means. That's the Italian uh, soccer yeah, league. Yeah, Italian right? soccer league. Asian Football Confederation, World Tennis Association. They've actually canceled events in China. Makes sense. ATP, that's another tennis thing. Um, Korean and Japanese baseball leagues we talked about before. Formula One, that's Connor's big thing. Uh, International Ice Hockey Federation. Uh, may have to be suspended. Switzerland's National Hockey League has suspended the playing of games for Sunday. MotoGP. I've never even heard of that sport. World yeah, Cup. Mo- motorcycle racing. Okay, yeah. So it just goes to show you all these different things. And for me, I know this is probably going to be impossible with everybody having their own opinion, but it seems like all these different people are coming up with their own ideas like why can't we just get one like one committee one like international sports committee 
and just like make the recommendations and then have the leagues that you probably follow through those recommendations. But I don't know. And I, I, this is a, this is a, I don't, I, I'm not a doctor, so I don't know the whole situation, but it's very complicated, but all these leagues having their own task force and stuff to me made up of owners and commissioners that don't really know medicine and viruses and diseases and stuff. I mean, why don't you just all get together and join up with some public health people and figure this out and have them make the recommendations and stuff? Because I don't know. I, what's this? What, why is a horse race going to go on, but not a Indy Grand Prix or something like that? I don't know. Like it, it's very complicated. Fans are going to be really frustrated because this stuff is happening minute to minute. And obviously we're in a really pivotal time of sports right now because we've got March Madness coming up next week. We've got NBA playoffs about to start. We've got baseball about to start. NHL playoffs about to start. There's NFL draft in a couple months. Like there is a lot going on here. Olympics in the summer. So the NFL, I think, out of all these sports, is the is the luckiest by not having their season going right now. But what do you guys think? Uh, anything I is there anything that I haven't said that you guys want to talk about the coronavirus in sports? I mean, I'm just curious to see like how many more things get canceled because there haven't been a whole lot of stuff canceled yet. Like I know they canceled, like they've talked about postponing the Olympics, and then you know. Like, Formula One has already canceled the Chinese. Well, I don't know if they've canceled it, but they've, quote-unquote, postponed the Chinese Grand Prix. So, I mean, especially for some of these sports, like, you know, NASCAR. Like, NASCAR is a very American thing. So, like, you know, with there only being around 600 cases in the U.S., is that going to lead to them canceling any NASCAR races? Or, like, you know, for other sports, like, again, I go back to Formula One. You know, the Chinese Grand Prix, one of the reasons why it's been canceled so early is because the Chinese Grand Prix is like the third race of the year. I think it's supposed to be sometime in it's either late March or early April is when it's supposed to be uh, going on. But I'm interested to see because formula one also holds races in Italy and in, oh, yeah, uh, there. And, and in Japan, which is, you know, another mm-hmm. place. But the thing is, is that they don't hold the Italian Grand Prix until September 4th and the Japanese Grand Prix is even later on October 9th. So, it's going to be interesting to see like when, where this goes by then. Cause obviously we're still in March, September is a long ways away, but is it still going to be as bad to when we get to September 4th, formula one's going to have to say, well, we have to cancel the Italian Grand Prix because there's still like 10,000 people infected with the coronavirus in Italy. And Italy is such a small place, such a densely populated area that it can spread really easily. And you know, it is interesting how you see all these sports. I think it would be really difficult to come up with one singular sports body to decide all of this, just because, like, I don't think there's ever really been anything like this mm-hmm. in a really long time. So all these sports federations are kind of entering, you know, murky water and uncharted territory because they don't know. I mean, maybe it would be something for them to consider in the future. Like, you yeah. know, after they're done with all this, okay, let's put in some sort of, organization or governing body that we can all agree you know will make decisions based on this but obviously everybody's gonna have to be on board because you know what if 
at some point they say, oh, NASCAR, we're going to cancel the Daytona 500, and NASCAR doesn't like that. They're like, well, there's only, like, 200 cases in the United States, so, like, why are we canceling the Daytona 500? Like, that's so stupid. So it's going to have to be something that everybody, like, it's going to have to be, like, a unanimous yeah. vote. Like, if you vote for it, then you're in. If you don't vote for it, then you're not in. So, um, but it is an interesting idea to have that. And like I said, I'm just more interested in, like, how much more is going to be canceled because it doesn't look like this is going to end anytime soon no i know yeah i mean because i know mike pence like a couple weeks ago said something like you know oh like we're gonna have a vaccine within like six weeks and we all know that's you know that's not true they're just trying to make everybody feel better so it's gonna be but you know the other interesting thing about the coronavirus is that there's a lot of people that have recovered from it. Like I'm looking at the stats on John Johns Hopkins University has this really cool map that they have been using to keep track of the coronavirus. And you can see exactly like where, you know, the virus is. And so I think so far there's 113,710 cases with 4,000 deaths. So that's around like a 3% death rate. But of those 113,000 cases, 63,000 of those cases have recovered. So there's a lot of people that are recovering from it, which is a good sign that there's only like a 3% death rate. So, um, you know, it's not, although it spreads easily, you know, the only people that are really dying from it right now are like, you know, people that are older with weakened immune systems. So as long as people are recovering, I think that's a good sign going forward that, okay, yes, it can spread and yes, it sucks, but, you know, you're going to recover from it in the end, most likely. So is that going to impact decisions or are we going to see, you know, because viruses like to mutate, are we going to see some form of, you know, mutation in the virus that leads to more deaths and then more cancellations? But I, I don't know. It's not going away anytime soon. So it's going to be interesting to see. Yeah. And I while while you said that, Connor, I went to this map and shout out to ArcGIS because this is the software that I use in in my uh college classes to to do spatial analysis and they're the ones running this corona map so shout out to them but uh but yeah this is the thing the thing with this virus is um we don't know exactly how many people have it because there's x amount confirmed but it's like you for how long have they had it and then they show symptoms later you know what i mean like they're it's like sleeper cells so um but yeah, I'm, I don't know the all the things going on with the virus, but I do know it's caused a lot of hysteria with a lot of people. Uh, Eric, what what are your thoughts about this? Yeah, man, it's I'm torn because I really liked what Connor said about the fact with how many people are recovering from it, and you know the low so far low number of deaths that have been reported. So. I think that's a great sign. But on the other hand, at the same time, I do understand why, you know, these sports leagues and things like that are being cautious because obviously the last thing you want to do is spread it around and make it worse. But I do also feel like there's a false sense of panic that has been spread around in the media and stuff. And Unfortunately, that hurts my stock market. So I could yeah. rant about God, how, man. That's I could rant about how much oh money my I've goodness. been losing in my stocks. Yeah, this, I but don't even want to get into that. <laughs> no, that's a whole that I, I am. You know, I hopefully to you know do a budget podcast one day. If I had already been starting it up, then that would definitely be 
the number one topic. Topic yeah, numero uno. Talking about. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. But, you know, but hopefully, but the main positive in this is like Connor said that so far there have been a lot of people that have recovered and so far for the most part, you know, not, it's sad for the people that have passed away, obviously, like, obviously, you know, you don't want anybody to die from this, but the fact that it's been such a low number so far is at least a good sign going forward. And I guess the other report I've heard too with, I don't fully know how accurate this is, but I've also heard that it's supposed to die down too once the weather warms up. Like apparently the virus doesn't like heat. So when the weather warms up, that should help it start to fade away a little bit as well. But but yeah, my, my stock market is my biggest concern. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Dow the, 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 the Dow saw its biggest drop since the 2008 economic uh, recession. Man. So it's yeah, crazy. I know, I know the stock market always recovers, so I'm trying not to panic. But man, it's... Don't it's sell them, Eric. Don't sell them. No, no, definitely, <laughs> definitely not. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, but, and... But sorry. Hopefully, but yeah, just hopefully with the sports yeah. world, though, I mean, hopefully nothing's going to get canceled. Or I've also heard rumors of maybe the games going on but being played with empty arenas mm -hmm. and to me watching that on tv would be really weird with no crowd reactions to good or bad stuff happening to the home team you know i don't know yeah. that would just be really weird and it's weird yeah but i don't know man it's tough to say but i'm, I'm glad that they are at least taking it seriously and using precaution and hopefully that will help too the fact that they've been it seems like most of these sports leagues have at least been on it and trying to figure this out yeah i'm glad they aren't just being ignorant and oh it'll be fine nothing's wrong you know and <laughs> that you know that could make things worse so but at the same time you just don't want to see everything get canceled and nothing happen because the last thing you want to do too is just live completely in fear of this thing and you know let it you know ruin your life and stress so hard and stuff like that so it's a it's a tough topic man obviously it is sure. yeah and a, and another thing too is uh especially early on with this virus is everybody was saying that china was really under reporting the cases so th this has more like fear behind it where it says eighty thousand cases but that's only a fraction because they don't want to screw their economy uh, and investors and stuff, but who knows what's really going on? Uh, but hopefully it all gets better, um, because obviously for humanity's sake and then also sports sake, they go hand in hand with this issue. So hoping for the best, but preparing for the worst. I think that's the best way to handle this. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I just want to say too, yeah. like you know, some of the like how Eric was talking about the gross overreactions. Like, there's been people out there that have been like stealing hand sanitizer and like stuff from like <laughs> the black <hospitals>. market. <laughs> well, no, well, no, but they're stealing it from like hospitals and stuff, mm. and it's like really like you know, it's just like people are just so selfish and they just think yeah. about themselves, and it's like you're gonna steal hand sanitizer and you know. All, you know, gloves and masks from hospitals, places that like actually yeah. need it and are treating people that are dying when like you're just so concerned that you're going to get it. Yeah. It's stealing from a hospital. It's like, OK, <laughs> like, you know, people just need to calm down and, you know, think about other people for once. <laughs> <laughs> or the idiots that are going in grocery stores and buying 20 packs of toilet paper. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, yeah. yeah, I know. Trust me, working at a grocery store, like, I had some guy come in the other day, and he actually came up to me, and he was like, so, before I go any further, do you guys have any hand sanitizer? I'm like, 
I would not count on it. Like, you can go down and look on aisle nine and check, but I highly doubt it. And he's like, okay, I'll go check anyway. I'm like, yeah, you're probably not going to find any. <laughs> it's nuts, man. I mean, doesn't soap work? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I know, I always hate these people that, like, they think that hand sanitizer is, like, their biggest offense. It's like, you know, soap and warm water is, like, a pretty decent germ tried killer and, too. Tried and true. <laughs> <laughs> all right so we'll move on now eric i want you to introduce us to this uh this topic with the bucks here and then connor and i'll go so, at it i'm going to be looking forward to hearing connor and zach debate this so the other day we were we have a group chat of course between the three of us and i was behind i think i was at work but i was scrolling back and reading through a lot of it and i saw Connor and Zach had a pretty heated debate going on about Giannis and the Bucks and how far were they going to be able to go or different things like that. So I'm not going to say who picked which side per se, but, but so I'm going to bring an argument to the table and kind of give my thoughts on what teams need to do to stop Giannis. Is it going to be possible to stop them this year? Kind of give my two cents on that. And then after I present this evidence, I'm going to let Zach and Connor present their sides and we'll see, you know, obviously we're not, you know, they're not going to agree, but we'll, you know, we can then let you guys. <laughs> That's decide. the whole point of this. <laughs> but yeah. But at the same time, you know, we can let you, then you guys, after hearing everybody talk and say, you know, who you think is right or what's going to happen. So obviously Giannis is very difficult to stop. He won the MVP last year he's a freak with getting his numbers. They call him the Greek freak for a reason. He's very difficult to stop, but I did a little bit of film study. I wish I could have maybe had a little more time to kind of put a package together to present for the YouTube viewers. I think it would have been a little bit better, but I'll still just (laughs) highlight reel. (laughs) Yeah. I'll still describe what I saw. So the best thing I could think of was to look up footage from the Bucks versus the Raptors series last year in the playoffs because the Raptors were the team that beat them. The Bucks had the 2-0 lead, but then the Raptors came back and won four games in a row winning the series. And so they seem to be the best team at containing Giannis, and I'm going to kind of talk about how they were able to do it. So the main thing that the Raptors were able to do was – when Giannis would bring up the ball up the court, they would create a wall in the basically in the middle, right around the free throw line with three guys. So the, the reason why they did this is to force Giannis to do something else because Giannis is, his game is driving the ball into the paint and getting easy buckets. That that's his best way of scoring. He's not, he's a, Improving a little bit on his outside shot, but that's still far away from his biggest strength. His game is driving in the paint and getting the easy buckets. So usually they were doing this with a guard, Kawhi, and either Siakam or Gasol for the most part. And it was a beautiful setup because it forced Giannis to kick it to the outside, but they also had it set up where the shooters in the corner didn't have a great look when they would get the ball because someone else would still be over there. 
And then if they tried to kick it over to the guy more in the wing, you know, to get the, you know, for the next pass, then one of the three guys on the wall could go out and contest the shot. So, and then if Giannis still tried to force in the paint, he was double or even sometimes triple teamed, which was forcing a bad shot. Now, obviously, you know, you're not going to completely stop Giannis every single time, you know, in doing this. It's, there's no 100% way to stop him. Obviously, the Bucks are still going to get their numbers. Uh, the Bucks are still going to get their points. But the other way I've noticed where teams have been able to stop Giannis is if the team has a really good big, then it seems like if he has a solid big man on him, then he tends to struggle. Like Joel Embiid has had a lot of success against him. Uh, it was the biggest example I saw of that. But obviously not all teams have as good of a defense as the Raptors had last year when they had all the players they have now plus Kawhi. You know, not every team has a great big man like Embiid. So it's not guaranteed that any team could try this and it work. But from what I saw in the clips, if you if you want to have a chance at stopping him, you know, this would be the way to do it. And so in terms of teams that could possibly stop the Bucks, I would still be willing to give the Raptors a chance, even though they don't have Kawhi Leonard anymore, just because they, you know, they have beaten them and they know how to do it. If Embiid is fully healthy, I would consider the 76ers now I'm not guaranteeing that either of these things will happen or if the Bucks get to the finals if they go against the Clippers I feel like the Clippers defensively could implement this strategy and prevent the Bucks from winning the championship so watch I also watched the before I go any farther too I watched a lot of the Bucks game against the Lakers and it seemed like in the fourth quarter of that game when the Lakers had the lead and it just seems like this happens to Giannis too. If it's getting into crunch time and the other team has a lead, this is another weakness in Giannis's game is he tends to start forcing up more shots that he doesn't need to. He'll just run up the court and jack up a three or he'll try to charge into the paint, even though there's two or three guys in there and he gets double teamed or triple teamed he seems to panic at the end of games and crunch time in serious games. So these are the arguments I brought, you know, going forward, but obviously Giannis has had another year since last year to learn from his mistakes. So the question that I present to you guys for y'all to debate. So after what happened last year, is Giannis going to learn from his mistakes and be more capable and, get the Bucks to the next level and get that championship? Or is it going to be more of the same, like what happened last year where he got exposed in the playoffs a little bit and teams find a way to stop him? So uh, I will let you guys decide who would like to go first, and we will hear your arguments now. <laughs> I guess I'll let Zach go first since he is the creator. <laughs> All right, I'll go first. Um, so... Yeah, guys, I'm definitely on the side of what Eric was talking about, where I personally don't think the Bucks are going to make it out of the East, and I don't think Giannis is going to put up the kind of numbers he's been putting in the regular season because, for one, it's more it's one of those things like you got to show me you can do it because he's been exposed numerous times in the playoffs. I know he wasn't an MVP back earlier than last season, but still he, he got exposed by the Celtics. 
and they had never really gone far. The farthest they've gone is that Western Conference Finals where Kawhi exposed exposed him in the playoffs. And I'll say this: playoff basketball is a lot more intense defensively. There's a lot more strategy going on than regular season basketball, and so that's why when you look at his regular season numbers, it's basically the same thing he did last year in the regular season, dominate the regular season. But when it comes to the playoffs, I just don't think he can dominate and be that guy. I like the Celtics better than the Bucks right now. I like them playing better as a team. And the thing with Giannis is he's got such a terrible three-point shot. And I know it's like his best year ever or whatever, but it's still so bad that when it comes to the playoffs, teams are just going to dare him to make threes. Like Eric said, they're going to put a wall in the paint, and he's going to, if he's going to go to the paint, he's going to get either fouled and have to shoot free throws, which he's not a great free throw shooter. I've seen him completely airball sets of free throws. So he's got one of the worst free throw shots I've ever seen for a superstar. Um, so you've got that advantage going for you if you're going to foul him, and you just let him shoot the threes. And if he, if he beats you by shooting threes, I mean, you, you got to live with it. But, at this point, you got to guard the other three-point shooters on this team who are really good, like Middleton, uh, Bledsoe, Connaughton, all those other shooters. DiVincenzo has been playing big for him lately. You guard those shooters, and you stop him in the middle with the paint, like Garrick was talking about, how the Raptors did it. And it's it probably won't be as successful as the Raptors because they had better defenders. But you're at least gonna you're at least gonna slow him down. You're gonna make him change his game a little bit. And the another thing about Giannis too is he'll shoot threes. He's not afraid to shoot threes. So I feel like he's gonna if teams give him such open three point three point shots, I feel like it's gonna be where he's gonna jack up like maybe ten and go like two for ten or something like that. And I I just like the chances of the other team when he shoots like that. So that's why I'm going with the with the Celtics over the Bucks, and if the if the 76ers can get healthy too, I like them as well over the Bucks. Um, but I'll, I'll listen to Connor see see what he has to say in defense of Giannis. <laughs> yeah, so um, sticking with my beginning of the season MVP pick and my beginning of the season NBA champions, the Milwaukee Bucks. I'm gonna stick with thinking that the Bucks are gonna be able to do it. I mean, the thing about Giannis is that He's still a young player. He's still developing. So I think his playoff struggles in the past were kind of to be expected a little bit. I mean, especially, you know, back when the Bucks were in the playoffs when he was before he was a superstar. I mean, the guy was 20 years old, 21 years old. You can't expect too much out of him. So obviously he was 24 years old last year. And you got to remember, too, that before they played the Raptors, the Bucks were completely dominant in the playoffs before that. They swept the Pistons, which I don't think anybody really thought that was too impressive like yeah. I didn't think it was that impressive. the Pistons weren't very good but they went four and one against the Celtics last year obviously the Celtics improved last season or this season with getting Kemba Walker but the uh the Bucks or the Bucks the Celtics still had Al Horford last year they still had Jason Tatum who's obviously evolved but the Celtics were still a very good team and the Bucks they lost the first game and after that they came in and absolutely dominated the Celtics Giannis led all five games in points he led two of them in rebounds, and the two that he led in rebounds were the two road games in Boston, and he led two of the games in assists. So um, they breeze, breezed by Boston. I think the thing that a lot of people forget, too, about that series against the Raptors, they mention it a lot on TV, but 
the Bucks actually won the first two games in that series. They were ahead 2-0, and they blew that lead because the Raptors came up with that defensive scheme. And while they lost you know, those next four games, only one of them did they lose by more than six points. You know, they were, and one of them, they lost in double overtime too. So, which that double overtime game, I think that was the key because that was game three, which, you know, had the Raptors not won that game, they were going to be, that was it. They were going to lose that series and it was going to be Bucks and Warriors in the playoffs. So I think the Raptors, they had that combination of coming up with that defensive scheme and winning at the right time to kind of take away that momentum that the Bucks had going. I mean, they had won seven straight playoff or six straight playoff games up to that point. You know, they were um, 10 and one in the playoffs to that point. So they were riding high and all of a sudden you get handed a, a devastating double overtime loss. And then, you know, it all goes downhill. But the thing about Giannis is that, like I mentioned that he was young, he's still improving as a player. I mean, he's got, Obviously, I do agree with Zach on the that the free throw shooting does worry me. I mean, this is his been his worst season statistically shooting free throws. I mean, 63% is not good for a superstar player now, especially someone his size that he's going to draw a lot of fouls. You know, that needs to be better. But I think the other difference with the reason why that's so low is I think the fact that he's just taking so much so many more free throws this year. I mean, he's not taking a whole lot more, but he's you know, getting fouled a lot more because he's getting into the paint. But if you look at the rest of his stats, I mean, he's shooting second highest all time field goal percentage. It's been his best season statistically shooting threes, which, you know, at 31% is still not great, but it's serviceable for a superstar player, especially a power forward. You're not expecting power forwards to be the greatest shooters in the world. He's had a career high in rebounds this season, career high and, you know, tied for his career high in assists. It's career high in points this year. And, you know, not just on the, and I think the Bucks as a team are just, they seem like a more complete team this year. You know, Middleton's improved and, you know, they've got Bledsoe still hanging around there, which, you know, if he wasn't a bum in NBA 2K19, I would like him better. But, um, <laughs> but I mean, yeah, and you mentioned that they've got all these other shooters. So the thing is, is that, you know, if you go back to this Toronto style defense of keeping three guys in the paint, you know, you can't cover everybody. I mean, they'll maybe there'll be someone who can get out there, but if you can get that shot off really quickly and if Giannis can get into the paint deep enough to at least force those defenders to contest him, then you can kick it out to one of your three point shooters. And, you know, obviously they're not going to make it every time, but they're going to make it more often than not, especially if it's someone like Middleton or, uh, DiVincenzo or Connaughton, Bledsoe not as much, but you know mm-hmm. these other shoot guys are shooters, and even Brooke Lopez can take three pointers. So that's another thing you have to worry about is that you know their other big man can take three pointers, or what happens when Kyle Korver gets into the game. So, and the last thing I'll say about Giannis too is that um, the other th- is that if he you're gonna, you talk about that you know the teams are going to force him to take those three pointers. What happens when he starts making those three-pointers? If he does start knocking them down, then you're screwed. Keep, keep letting them shoot. Keep letting them shoot. Keep, but, 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 but what if he's knocking them down? Sometimes guys get hot, and they just can't seem to miss. What yeah, happens if that, that if, if, if you're going to – if that's going to happen, then that you're just going to have to lose like that. <laughs> then you're it's just like, going to have to take the L. I like yeah, that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you're not going you, to you, – you can't let him in the paint. That's the thing. Like, if, he, if he's going to go on a hot streak, he's probably going to go on a – cold streak eventually like you know it's yeah. it's one of those things you just gotta live with 
So, so you know, okay. So you you're saying I don't, that, I don't think teams are gonna panic if he if he makes two in a row. Yeah, I mean, but I'm, I'm saying like, what if he you know you mentioned that he jacks up you know ten threes a game. What if he goes like four of ten? You mentioned he go two of ten, but what if he goes four of ten, five of ten? You know, that's still pretty decent. It's gonna make teams fear that three point shot more. It's his percentage, not, though. I'm not fearing it. Well, well, the thing is, the, that's the thing. Like I said, if he starts making them, yeah. you start to panic on defense. Like, oh, crap, Giannis is out near the three-point line, and he's been making these threes. Look, they're, today, yeah, so they're not going to get swept, man, but <laughs> it's the seven-game series. I know, I know. I'm just saying. But yeah. like, And the other thing about Giannis that I think the thing about that he does is that in a seven-game series, if it were to go that long, he just wears teams down. Like he's been, he's such a dominant force and he's such a mismatch, especially now that he's moved to being like a full-time power forward. Not every power forward is going to be able to guard him because, you know, he's a rare combination of the fact that he's 6'10 and he's also super athletic. Most of these guys that are 6'10 are, you know, as, about as fast as a snail. You know, I figured that out when we were playing uh, my game against Zach in our league. You know, when he has Giannis, I had to move Kawhi Leonard over to guard him because, you know, none of my power forwards can guard Giannis. Even though they've got the height to do it, they don't have the athleticism. But then if they have the height to or if they, you know, have the athleticism to do it, they're just too short to guard him and he can easily overpower them. So I think it's a combination of the fact that he's getting better. The Bucks are better as a team and he he's going to learn from his mistakes. He knows that he made so many mistakes in that series that he wants to avenge those. He, he has the fire and will to get over those. And, you know, while it may not, you know, I mentioned last week with the Rockets that they might have, they might be out for blood after that loss to the Hornets, <laughs> you know, the Rockets may not have that fire, but I do think the Bucks do. And, you know, they're proving it this season with how, you know, they clinched the yeah. earliest playoff at birth in decades. So yeah, all we'll right. See. So so Eric, you've got Freaky Giannis on the left. You got Baby Buck on the right. Baby Bambi. Where, where you going? <laughs> you had to put I was wondering why did that picture was. There. Yeah, the, I, I, for, I forgot that. to mention. Yeah, this is this is the little Bucks, the little Baby the, Buck. The, the the Freaky Giannis picture that we used in our uh, NBA preview. Yeah, we yes. use that picture all the time. It keeps showing up. Uh, where yeah. are you? So. I'm over. I'm over on Bambi's side. Connor solidly on the on the freak side. Where where are you at? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm leaning a little more with Zach's argument here. Even though when Zach and I did our NBA special a little while back, I had said that I changed my pick from the 76ers winning the East to the Bucks. <laughs> but for me, I'm not. It wasn't necessarily that I was picking that because I just think the Bucks are so great it's because I think of how I picked that more so because of how disappointing the 76ers have been this season so I do think the Bucks are still going to get out of the east I do still think that but I just don't know if I see them beating either LA team especially if they have to go against the Clippers mm-hmm. because the Clippers have so many good defenders they can because Connor talked about how Giannis can wear, you know, teams down. He can wear people out who's guarding him. But if you can switch every few minutes who's guarding Giannis and then let the other, you know, people take a break and just chill and guard the person in the corner or something, then the wearing down isn't necessarily as big of a factor at that point. I feel like the Clippers have too good of a defense for Giannis. But at the same time, you know, he does seem to be showing improvement, but 
my other biggest thing is with Zach's argument is that, you know, I need to see it in crunch time. You know, he, he had that, they had the hot streak last year in the playoffs, but then even though they weren't, the Raptors didn't dominate the Bucks. The Raptors still did beat the Bucks, and I got I did get concerned for the Bucks when I watched their game against the Lakers. It seemed like when it was getting down, he was missing free throws in crunch time. He was jacking up wild shots in crunch time that he didn't need to be doing, and he got beat by. He's normally a pretty good defender, but AD and LeBron were both torching him throughout most of that game, and. I, I've got to see him come through in the big moment before I'm going to be a full believer. So I'm kind of in between, though, in the sense because Zach doesn't think they're going to make it out of the East. Connor thinks they're going to win the championship. I do think they make it out of the East. I do think they make it out of the East, but I don't think they win the championship okay. is where I'm at. Gotcha, gotcha. All right, so we'll move so I guess, on. I guess now. I'm like slightly right towards the Bambi picture. <laughs> yeah, you're like Bambi bomb. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right, so I don't know why that picture, Connor, looks so poor quality, but tell us about Josh Norman and uh, what's <laughs> going on with him. <laughs> yeah, so um, I was uh, going out to Sheets today getting some food, and I was just kind of perusing over Facebook, and I saw that Josh Norman had got signed by the Bills, and I was thinking, what? Like, cause, you know, I kind of follow the Bills because they're my dad's favorite team, so I keep up with them, and I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, wow, like the Bills signed Josh Norman. Like I knew his contract was up in uh, Washington, but I didn't think the Bills would go after him. So especially with the fact that I'm going to say right now, I don't know, I'll get your guys' opinion after this, but I think the deal that the Bills gave him is just kind of absurd as to like why they'd even sign him because the Bills are trying to build for the future. And, you know, they've got this young defense, you know, they got some veterans sprinkled in there, but they're like good veterans. Like, you know, Lorenzo Alexander was, he's retired now, but, you know, Micah Hyde or, you know, Frank Gore last season. So, but they're mainly trying to build for the future and they're trying to compete, you know, they're hoping to compete with the New England Patriots this upcoming season for the AFC East crown. I mean, none of us thought that they were going to do that last season and they were for most of the season. So, um, but then you, you know, as one of your, decisions you go out and you sign this bum i'm gonna call him a bum because he kind of is a bum josh sorry any josh norman fans out there but he's a bum sign this josh norman to a six million dollar contract for no apparent reason because he's not going to be the number one guy Tredavious white is already going to be the number one guy in buffalo and honestly when i'm looking at the buffalo bills like you know they're secondary I don't even know if Josh Norman's going to be the number two guy on their secondary to the way that he's been playing the past few seasons, because, you know, obviously Tredavious White has been a good starting cornerback, but Josh Norman was getting torched in Washington. You know, he talks a big game. I mean, he's kind of like, you know, he doesn't have as big expectations that um, uh, what's his name on the Vikings Xavier Rhodes had. But he still turned out to not be very good. So, and the fact that, you know, I think Eric and I were talking, or Eric mentioned this before, that $6 million isn't quite, um, you know, starting corner, like number one corner money, but it's still a hefty price to pay for someone who is, you know, not, hasn't shown anything over the past few years. You know, he had that one good season in Carolina 
and Ron Rivera, you know, Josh Norman, like all these players came out and was like, I want a big contract. And Ron Rivera saw through and was like, no, I'm not going to give you a big contract because you don't deserve it. You know, I'm not going to go off of one season. And it was probably one of the best decisions that Ron Rivera made in Carolina was not keeping Josh Norman. Obviously, things didn't go quite to plan, but, you know, he didn't keep Josh Norman and Josh Norman ended up going to Washington. And we see where the Redskins are, especially, you know, if you look at the Redskins defense and you look at high points on the Redskins defense, Josh Norman is not the one you think of. You think of Ryan Kerrigan, you think of some of those defensive linemen, or you think of the other guys in the secondary, not Josh Norman. So I'm wondering how he's going to fit into this uh, Buffalo scheme, because the other thing that I think Buffalo is going to be, you know, he'll fit in somewhat because Buffalo also likes to run a zone scheme, which is helpful for Josh Norman because he's kind of that Richard Sherman-esque cornerback to where he doesn't like to switch sides of the field. But depending on wherever Tredavious White is playing, Norman is not going to get his pick of where he wants to play. Tredavious White gets pick of where he plays. So Norman could be playing in a position that he's not used to. Like, I don't know which side he plays on, but say he's used to playing on the left. But then Tredavious White's like, no, I'm playing on the left. So now Norman's playing on the right. It's going to be a different position for him. He's going to have to learn it all over again. And I know the other reason why probably Buffalo wanted him is that Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean both used to be, especially Brandon Bean used to be the assistant GM for the Carolina Panthers. So they all have experience with Josh Norman, but you know, why would you not want to take a hint from the guy who used to be the head coach who already let him go once? And then Ron Rivera shows up in the head coach of Washington, sees Josh Norman (laughs) is like, Nope, I I still don't want you get out of here. So why wouldn't you take a hint from him? Because obviously he's, I mean, he's kind of onto something seeing Josh Norman's stats. So, I mean, I just wanted to say like, you know, I wanted to bring it up because I think it's absurd. You know, these teams paying these players lots of money. I know Zach and I talked about like, you know, we're not in favor of giving out these big contracts to free agents thinking that they're going to work out. Obviously this isn't a huge contract, but it's still a big contract and it's going to put us a bit of a dent into Buffalo's cap space. I know they have a lot of cap space, but you know, there's other people that you could be going after other than a washed up cornerback. So I want to want to know what your guys's opinion is on Buffalo signing Josh Norman. And if you think it's going to work out or not. All right, I'll go first. Um, since I'm the creator, like content better. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna say that now. Hey, <laughs> um, I, I'm gonna disagree with you again here, and I'm not fully in, in disagreement with you because I don't think Josh Norman isn't gonna wake up and become an All Pro or anything like that. Uh, but I do think it's a little bit. It's not that big of a risk when it's a one. I think it's one year, six million. Yeah, it's a right? it's a one year contract. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So. It's really not a big risk if it's a one-year deal because you're – and you said they already are good with cap right now. They're not pressed at the cap space. So with that being said, with it only being one year, you're not committed to him. I don't see it as, like, that big of a deal. I don't think he's – I think potentially now that he's not going to be the number one guy, I think it might be easier for him. He might play a little bit better uh, in this new system here in Buffalo and with having white on the other side makes his job a little bit easier than it, it was in Washington with Dunbar. But I, I just don't see it as that. I don't see it as like a, this isn't going to wreck the bills next year, but it's not going to like 
boost him to the Super Bowl. I I I feel a little bit in the middle about this. It's just um, kind of confusing. It's like, like, like you know, for like yeah. what you're kind of saying, like you're just kind of like, why would you do it? Like it's not good or bad. Well, it's the confusing like, thing to me is how did they do it? Because I didn't think, you know, I didn't think teams could sign players from other teams until free agency. So I was just when you said this news, I was like, huh? Like I didn't know people. I didn't know he could be signed. You know what I mean? Was his, uh, was his contract actually like fully up, or did he still have a year left on the deal? Because like if if the Redskins, like, if he still had a contract left with them and the Redskins released him, then because he got released, then any team could immediately bid on him. But, like, if his contract was fully up, then he has to oh, wait. Okay. No, no, I don't I don't think his contract was fully up. I think, yeah, so they, I, the, I, the I think Rivera to, cut him. Yeah, they had okay. to release him, which means he was automatically available to anybody. Yeah. Okay, okay. Um, I guess... We haven't seen too many of those type of people yet, because um, I guess they all get released at free agency. So I guess this is an early release. Um, but yeah, I I don't know. I just don't see this as being like a game changing move. But I I'm a little bit more optimistic in Norman. I don't think he's going to be great, but I don't think he's. I don't know what Buffalo has there, but if he ends up, you know, having to go to the slot, I know it'd be a new position for him, but it's probably easier to make that transition. Um, I I don't know. I don't see it as being that bad, that big of a deal, that bad of a deal. Um, with only six million, that's that's not a lot. That's probably average market value, and you always overpaying for agency. But it's 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 a slight number. It's not like it's not like a hundred million or anything crazy like that. So I'm not <laughs> I'm not in full opposition as you are, Connor. But it'll be interesting. I mean, if he gets torched and he's actually bad, bad. Then yeah, this is gonna be maybe a problem, but I but regardless, even if he is bad, bad, they can just cut him and a, having to cut a player with six million is not the worst thing in the world. Six million in dead cap, there's been a lot of situations with far worse than that. So I'll turn it over to Eric, see what he thinks. But for me, I'm indifferent. Yeah, I'm. I definitely see both sides of the argument here. I. I'm kind of indifferent as well. I, I would, I guess obviously with Connor's opinion, his grade of this is obviously like an F minus. <laughs> I wouldn't give it an F. I'd give it like F. a, like a, like a D, a D. A D. Okay. And then percentage. Zach's probably more like a C. <laughs> percentage. Zach's probably more like a C range. Yeah. And I'm a little more in the range with Zach just because, I mean, six million is obviously like in our minds a lot of money, but in terms of what a lot of these players get in free agency and stuff, six million really isn't too bad. And the one thing I like about it too is that it's only a one-year deal, so this isn't gonna hurt the Bills' future too much or anything. Now, at the same time, though, with that being said, if I was the Bills, I would not have done this. I Norman has really regressed in Washington and I am just so happy as a Jaguars fan that the Jaguars did not bring him in after he had his stint in Carolina, because back at that time when that happened, the Jaguars had a buttload of cap space and everybody thought, not everybody, but there were a lot of people out there that thought the Jaguars were going to be one of the popular landing spots like one of the 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 jags were going to be one of the favorites to land them 
And, um, but man, I'm so glad that we didn't get him because he, <laughs> he busted hard in Washington really bad. But I think the reason why it could work is because this is going to be like a prove it, you know, since it's just a one year deal, you know, it's a prove it kind of deal. He has a chance to show that he still can play. And if it does, then maybe another team will pay him next year, but still hopefully not the Jags. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, so I'm, you know, I still think it's low risk. I guess it could work, but I don't think it will. I'm kind of like Zach, though. Like ultimately, despite everything I said, I'm really just more indifferent. I give it a C, I guess, maybe C minus, somewhere in that range. I don't love it, but I don't completely hate it either. Yeah. All right, guys. Well. That'll wrap this one up. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed this episode. Um, Connor, you're going to be hopefully streaming on our Twitch channel also <laughs> coming up this week, right? Or Maybe. If maybe. I can hopefully get the PC thing to work out. Yeah. I mean, like I said, it worked out yesterday, but or like I think I finally got it, but it's just like I'm also trying to figure out if I can, you know, since I'm using my PC, if I can get like a little video camera going. And for me, it's like, the other thing about it is for some reason I've noticed like the Twitch stream when I'm streaming from the PlayStation and I'm watching it on Twitch, like, you know, watching my phone for comments, like there's only a little bit of lag, like, like, or like, you know, delay, I guess I should say there's not a, like maybe 10 seconds, but I noticed there was a large delay on the PC. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm trying to see if I can, I'm trying to get the kinks worked out, but hopefully. Yeah. I, okay, I cool. Able to. cool. Hopefully we get that working. And uh, on Thursday, guys, we've got a free agency special episode. It's going to be a lot of fun. There's going to be a lot of players that we're going to be predicting. I don't know who exactly is going to be in the episode, but whatever it ends up being, it's going to be a lot of fun to to debate where these landing spots are going to be with each other. Um, but, but yeah, guys, that's all for now. And I finally have came up in my head with a good outro piece. So thanks for watching, guys, and be clutch. See ya. Yeah, peace. <laughs> <laughs>